just a goat. PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Well, I was overawed by the music from Paul Gardner because I wanted the greatest show and uh, instead, nobody does it better. It doesn't matter anyway. The GOAT, sorry about that little bit of, I don't know how that little quirk got at the start, Damien Oliver Day at Ascot. Did he ever make it Damien Oliver Day? Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, that's as good as sport gets Ralph, he does it ever. And I actually have to, like, I don't usually agree with Paul when it comes to songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was fitting. It was definitely fitting for Damien Oliver. <laughs> Man. So you didn't read the script? What happened? You, you cheered on Magnificent Andy and you said, that'll, that'll do. That's it for Ollie. <laughs> well, that was that was good enough for me. I'm not yeah. complaining, right? Because, I mean, that was a huge price. And, and what was beautiful was when he got the win a little bit earlier, yeah. You could see. I said, please come out wide, right? One run. And really, when you think about the sheer brilliance of him, he knew the horse had a big weight. That's probably why it was a golden price, right? He decided that, okay, he had to get wide. But you see what he did? He went for that unimpeded run of momentum instead of having to go through the fields like he did in the last race, which we'll come to, right? Yeah. But that was... 
the big winning factor that he said, okay, I've got to come with one run. And that's what I feel that's what won him the race. Because if he had gone inside horses, any sort of shift in momentum where you get a little bit of a check or you don't get that clear space that you need, that would anchor the horse down and he wouldn't have been able to finish and might not have even run a place then. But because his eye was so tuned in, when I seen him come down, I said, that's it, money's in the bag. Right, absolutely in the bag, and it was. But the last race, you had the two Parnham boys and him. Yep. Firstly, the race when he won the first race, I thought that was gifted to him, right? Yeah. That was definitely gifted. That looked like, you know, here's your Hail Mary song, right? <laughs> this is your gift from all the boys, right? That's what it looked like. I'm not saying that's what it was, but of that's course, what it looked yeah. like. Because <laughs> I watched what some, it, yeah. yeah. I just watched what some of the other guys did in the bag. I go, man, doesn't look good. But the last race, three of them are out the back. The two Parnham boys and him out the back. Yep. Then you look for runs. The, of course, I was looking at Valor Road, right? He was he appeared, he was probably that length, length, length and a half too far back, but he had an idea. He said, I'm going to follow Damien, right? <laughs> and the other Parnham boy and Bustler, he was slightly in front. And then when they turned for home, okay, Parnham's decided to go, I'm going to circle the entire field, right? I'll lose three or four lengths and I'm going to come in the widest lanes, which he did, right? The boy on Vela Road, the other Parnham boy, said, I'm going to track Ollie. Ollie was already that length, length and a half in front of him. They both went for those runs on the inside, but Damien, he waited so patiently, right? As soon as the split came, he, he took it. The other Parnham boy, there was a split. Procrastination got caught, right? Not that I'm not saying there would have been any difference in the outcome, but this is all about the ride. <laughs> And he saved the ground. He was still in the lanes, right? Yep. And got victory. And I, I just there was a lot of happiness. I mean, I didn't. I had a very small bet on Valor Road. I wasn't upset. I still had a fantastic day, but nothing beat beat how happy the feeling was. Because Damien, you know, it's it's sad. Like he was a rider that you could rely on whenever you wanted to back him. Yep. Nine times out of ten, he was going to at least give it the best ride. <laughs> Trying to get a couple of takes myself here, Vince. So first, you, you look at the winners on the day, the grid line, uh, to back up what you're saying. So this is from your, your IVR report, which all the people who, uh, who actually got our preview podcast will get, uh, and the Sizzlers customers. 7, 10, 11, 9, 9, 8, 9, 12, 11. So that's off from the, uh, at the 200 metre mark from the true rail. So what that's actually saying is, all the winners basically came from within what uh, four, four to four to um, eight off the fence. Yep. So super wide was no advantage because the rail's already at four. Yep. Hence, <laughs> he was prepared to lose to to win because going yep. super wide he couldn't. <laughs> That's right. So he was prepared to roll the dice at his last ever ride. And man, I'm watching for the four hundred. I wasn't with it, and I just thought you are home. And someone said that it was a hundred to one on Betfair in the run. I saw. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, probably after the first few hundred metres, you might have thought that, right? Because they're yeah. out the back really a long way off the off the race pace. And there's a lot of trouble because you you know what's going to happen in the home turn. <laughs> if you stick to the insides, there's going to be traffic. Yep. But he his timing of the split was perfect. And I just feel his confidence grew. I, I If he didn't get that first winner, and let's say he had made errors on 
magnificent Andy. I don't believe he would have been able to produce the ride he did in the last. Yeah. He he nailed the brief. Oh. It only took him three rides to be like <laughs> on fire. I think it was a hundred someone said hundred to one or the all <laughs> would have liked to have known about that, but not that I would have backed yeah, it anyway. Exactly. But, but to have a dollar on it at a hundred to one, saying, "Oh well, you never know, Damien could just do it again," because the crowd were definitely all in his favour coming into the last. Absolutely. So, how did the horse? So, two point eight. Now, this uh, where does that rank on the horse's best ever? Because I think it would be up. It'd be just about there, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. I'll have to have a look. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Race uh, number nine. So it's best of the day, 2.8 lengths above benchmark. And this is the thing, Vince, as an eight-year-old, you say, how can a horse produce a career best? But one of the many things I learned from you, and I reckon Happy Clapper might have been the first example, an older horse can produce a new PB if he gets the perfect race shape and ride. And that's exactly what happened. Well, this is it. This is exactly right, Ralphie. Yeah, so he, he'd eclipsed it from 1.8 to 2.8. Right. So that's that's the beauty of that performance. And in fact, I went and had a look at the race matrix to give it further, further validation to just say, okay, how far off under the stress testing was the 2.8? Because I'm always very keen to see. Because let me tell you, Ralphie, this new tool is, is going to revolutionise the game. And it's definitely taking me to places that I've never been to in my entire life. Well, there you go. Stress test 3.2. Technically... I've underscored it by 0.4. So, in other words, there was enough room to to go maximum 3.2, and this is with all the lead-up runs of all those horses and just demonstrating how good the, – firstly, the, 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 it was he made the ride, Ralph, like you said. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the horse could have got to 2.8 without Damien. And that's basically why you were sceptical about it on the Friday, yeah? yeah. Oh, that's yep. the only reason. I just thought he was a length short of what was needed to be, you know, like hard in the race. And boy, oh boy, he found in the end the length and a half. Uh, Ripcord, it looks like he got the perfect run and ride as well from uh, from Clint Johnson Porter. Well, it's really interesting because as you are aware, Ralphie, I was like anti the horse. And then on Friday I had a chat with uh, one of the boys in Sydney and we are just going over this particular race in a bit more detail. And I said, look, obviously I'm going to be taking on this ripcord, but I, because he's a young guy, like to always feed all sides of the prism. I said, in these situations when you've got a horse, I'm, I'm chancing my arm on him that he hasn't got what it takes to elevate enough to win. But these sort of horses, when they're lightly raced and they're sort of they're building upwards, anything can happen. Right, yeah, they could just explode because he's never been a four to know. You just don't know. But because I'm a facts and figures guy, and I just take everything on. Show me the proof first, right? I do usually take a stance against him. Well, I tell you what, I was happy about that. <laughs> the Damien beat him, <laughs> but the ride was also very good on this on this boy. The way he rode ripcord was fantastic. You have a look at the st- setup. He was in that absolutely perfect position. He couldn't have got an inch better, 0.6 above benchmark first section. Where are you? Just on three lengths off the lead speed. With a pace of 3.8, it's perfect. In the mid-race, he extended... Like, he didn't actually overextend. He extended, in my view, perfectly. 3.8 lengths above benchmark. Like, you look at the the race average speed, Ralphie, was 4.2. So, 
he was like right on point. And then to prove it that he was on point, look at the closing splits. He peaked between the six and the four with a plus 2.2. Between the four and the two, he's declined to being 0.7 above. This is ripcord. And then the last 200, he was 0.4 above. So you see in the deterioration, he had nothing left with the horse. There was no more to give. That was everything. And it was fantastic because the, he asked for the supreme effort. What I was happy about was my judgment call about that his closing speed, because it was so dynamic, the run before, wasn't going to be there if he was going to run a lot faster. And that was the case. And this horse will learn tremendously for first time 1,400 to put that sort of effort in, because there might have been a little bit of a blowout because of the distance as well for him, Ralphie. So uh, nothing but praise for the horse. So 2.1. Yep. It looks like from horses that are sort of uh, from this carnival for potential for Eastern States. I, I still prefer amongst the three-year-olds last week's horses run away and a lot of good men. I mean, they're, they're already at the three level, which is which is probably what you need to, if you're going to go across the other side of the country. They look they look like they're the better horses, correct? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Comfort Me's run, run to pretty much its range, 1.4, Bustler 0.8, and, uh, and that, that that's the point there. Best last 400 of the day, but just too much, too wide, and that, he he, uh, he actually lost momentum from the uh, from the 400 to the 200, didn't he? Yes, he did, Ralphie. And the speed, well, it was a, it was a, it was a good speed, but it wasn't a burning speed. No, no. So that that I felt that actually gave probably the majority of the horses their chance, except for Valerado who missed the start and then or was crunched. On it. I'm not sure, didn't see the head on, but he wasn't meant to be out the back in his previous. In his previous super win, uh, he was he was up front. Well, the re- the reality was this is this is the thing, Ralphie. When you go and watch the runs, they were, they were next to each other or behind each other, right? Yeah. So in the end, he was following Damien. The procrastination came. Damien didn't see. Damien doesn't procrastinate, Ralphie. He sees the split. He said, I, "I own it," <laughs> and that's it. He, he that's exactly. He doesn't wait that. Yeah, wait one second, it's gone. And therefore, you're looking for something completely different. Then what happens? You've got a wall of horses, and I've got nowhere to go. Now, he had nowhere to go, right? Uh, but still, at the end of the day, Damien Oliver, he's just a genius. <laughs> so I, I'm, he's going to – sad that, that he's going. Sad that he's going, like, from a rider. But I actually feel that – I'm sure he's going to be in the industry – I don't know. Someone said he's going to be working for a bookmaker or something. Is that right? One of the big. He's going to deal with the uh, Ladbrokes group to do media with them. Ah, oh. and, and I'm, I'm fascinated as to see. I've known him for a long time, a little bit, and he's a great fella. But to me, he's one of those guys who has, and rightly so, <laughs> kept a lot of his opinions to himself and a lot of his knowledge. I'm fascinated to see what he's going to do now that there's no point in keeping it to himself because he's not writing, what he actually starts saying. And I think uh, I think he's going to be such a fantastic asset for the sport. Why? He's going to become the, the – it's going to be the next part of his superstardom. Yeah, no doubt. All right, some of our uh, member questions here. Uh, Darren, one of our great supporters. Well, only last three Ascot, including the last in his name, like Seinfeld, he went out while they were still applauding. Easy song for tomorrow, simply the best. Well, <laughs> we didn't go that way. We went Carly Simon, but thank you, Darren. From Chris, Ollie last ride was all time. Didn't even have a bet in the race. Was yelling, from, Ollie, go Ollie from 200 metres out. From Troy, nothing from me. Just want to wish you and Vince a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for the work you guys each work. So thank you, uh, Troy and everyone else, uh, for your fantastic uh, uh, responses throughout. Uh, from Johnny, 
would love to know yours and Vince's opinion on the top three of the carnivals, 12, 16, 2000, any runner you're most excited to follow in the autumn, uh, exciting that you're most looking forward to. Personally, cannot wait for Imperatories. I wish I win. Giga kick, think about it. Private eye face off. Well, that, that'd be perfect, wouldn't it, in the TJ Smith, Vince? Jeez. <laughs> It almost felt like a, a blast from the past when those names came here. Because where have they been for so long? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's been at least, at least six weeks since the carnival, <laughs> since the Melbourne carnival, anyway. But uh, yeah, I'd say Imperatrice are just about to be the top of the tree. But I'd love to see those Perth horses we mentioned. If those three rods come across, I think uh, one of the uh, uh, Jay Rooney, one of the Perth uh, boys uh, media guys, said uh, that uh, they're considering sending Zipaway across because the same stable won the. I think the. Australian Guineas, Australian Cup double about 15 years ago. So they might be uh, thinking of sent, coming across with runaways. So that'll be one to watch there for sure. Uh, earlier in the day, Vince, we, we've touched on it. Magnificent Andy was a magnificent result. Uh, we put this out. I actually I added this to Sizzlers and let everyone know because after our preview podcast, I thought I'd better keep this here. Deep into his prep, airborne with this performance, the second best of his career. And this was uh, our write-up from his run on the 25th of uh, November. From his 2.6 winning account, Cal Gooley in a high-pressure listed 1,400 over Let's Gallivan, who just beat him here. 1.4 at the 800, sitting second line. 3.6 mid-race, 1.6 last 400. Only has to hold this level tomorrow to take a power of beating for Ollie. So he's, he's got the money, and Ollie done the, produced the perfect ride. Uh, what, uh, what did Data actually say from it? <sighs> Yeah, well, this is uh, really interesting when you look at the breakdown here, Ralphie. Firstly, through the first section, 0.3 below benchmark. Well, the pace is solid here. Six lengths fast and standard, big screen, setting up the pressure. Corn Coblock, surprised where he was. Uh, when I say surprised, that he was going to try and take it up to in terms of pressure, and that kept it pretty true. But that, when you look at the data from there, it actually affected a lot of horses by the time that, you know, between the 8 and the 400, there was already a lot of decline happening. And this may be to do with the quality of horses when they've got to taste that medicine at fast pace that it's very difficult to sustain. Magnificent Andy, 0.3 below benchmark, probably just outside. You know, I'm picking straws, Ralph, give and take a half a length. But still in the strike zone. Between the 8 and the 400, beautiful move, 2.4 lengths above benchmark. A little bit of a dip between the 6 and the 4 of uh, almost three lengths. Now, mind you, the whole field slowed there, so I'm, and this has all got to do, in my view, with that lead speed unsustainable for that pack of horses, so they get start to compress. Then you see Damien, between the 4 and the 2, 0.2 above, and then left everything for full momentum how much was the weight? 61 and a half. Oh, when they kept talking about it on TV, I go, man, 61 and a half. You might as well say 70 and a half. Who cares, right? We call it 55. What's the difference? The difference is, of course, I'm sitting there saying, none of you guys are going to back it because you've got 61 and a half, right? Yeah. And 1.7 above. That's the magnificence of his ride. 1.7 above last 200, Ralphie. Seventh best of the day at the end of yep. 1,400 metres and a high-pressure 1,400. And uh, as we often say, ignoring the weight, ended up getting a better price, didn't it? It did. And performance-wise, overall, it got in the top 10, 1.1 above, off his peaks, but still. And then, of course, I did stress test the matrix just to see uh, where that would. And, and oddly enough, that also came up. It could, be as, could have been as good as a 1.5. So the horse was in that zone and I could confidently say within half a length he held his form 
we, we don't often look at the narrative. We just look at the, uh, can we make money or not? But um, it, it was lovely there that uh, the, the trainer ran second to Ollie in Ollie's first ever ride. So there you go. So no, no, nice little connection there. In race seven there, the first of Ollie's three winners, as you said, it looked like just a beautiful uh, setup here for Damien. But not only that, the horses produced a very good figure, Divine Belief. It was, a, it was an outstanding uh, run, of course. Point nine below benchmark. I mean, big field like this, Hard to think that they're only benchmark, Ralphie. Uh, but the reality is, if you go in and came through it all, you probably wouldn't have had it too much faster. Maybe a couple of lengths, right? Yep. But point nine below benchmark, first section. In Could you have been in a better spot? Probably not. Eight to the four, sensational. 4.6 lengths above benchmark. Last... 400 metres, 2.1 above. He really uh, did give this horse the the perfect run and probably made the win look super easy in the end. And it was, again, I feel he made the run look super easy because of the way he rode. Because you look at the micro splits, that gives you the answers. There's a lot of horses, they're very messy with their splits. This is their fractional splits. But I look at Damien. The perfect decline, three lengths above benchmark above at the eight to eight to the six, one point six above. So he's dropped one point four in in velocity between the six and the four. One point two above between the four and the two. Ralphie, another point four only drop, half a length. And of course, why wouldn't you match it with perfection over the last two hundred meters? He dropped another point four. So he got everything out of this horse, absolutely everything. And to frank all that. Best last thousand of the day, Ralphie. Magnificent. Uh, let's. Uh, I'll just uh, finish with asking about another Damien here in uh, in Damien Lane because <laughs> this was a, this was a fair old ride on Rusty Dreams, wasn't it? In race four, because it, it looked like it was going to be a no pace race, and uh, and but he just played the chessboard beautifully. This was easy money, Ralphie. <laughs> this was easy money. We talked about it even on, on the Saturday. There was one a number of horses that really. No pace. The, yep. the slower they went, the bigger his chances because of the way he was going to sprint. And there he is. He's travelling 8.8 lengths below benchmark, Ralphie. <laughs> the lead speed's 6.6. So where do you reckon he is? Exactly where you want to be. No more than a couple of lengths off that uh, lead speed because there is no speed, right? Yeah. The move in the mid-race, I didn't feel it was an overextension, actually. He's gone 11.7. If I compare it to some other horses in the race, right, this is the crazy part, right? Every other horse has had to go pretty much between 13. There was an exception to a couple of runners, but 13 to 15 was the range for the majority of, of this small field. When you've got to extend more than two seconds and you're starting to get to two and a half and looking to just two and a half seconds of extension for 400 metres, there's nothing left. There's never going to be anything left, right, Ralphie, for, for the majority. You're just going to be one pace at the end. But uh, Damien, no, he actually found a way to improve the pace over the last 400, and his hold on the horse for his perfection was just sublime. From the 600 to the finish line, he pretty much maintained the speed of plus two right across the board virtually, give or take 0.1. Younger Lass was soft in the market, got back, as it was going to. Uh, This type of ratio, if if it backed up next next Saturday, I'm not... I've got no idea if it is, but that'd be the. It's almost like a fast barrier trial for it, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know, Ralphie. I don't know. Uh, to, to me, the way I looked at it is when you, see when you get this slow pace, yep, you get to learn other things about horses. Yep. So what we got to learn about him, like 
I line him up against Super Smink, right? Yep. He's gone two lengths or a length and a half slower than Super Smink through the first section. Couldn't match him between the eight and the, and, and the 400 and couldn't match him over the last 200 metres and had two lengths easier run. And then I looked at the, the mid-race squeezes. His squeeze was only a length more. So even when I look at the overall and I line him up against Super Smink, because, you know, we're talking about below benchmark profile. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to yep. wait and see. Well, it's been up for a while, so it's yeah. a six run. So, But as we always say with Team Williams, <laughs> let's follow the money and see yes. what actually yes. happens for sure. Absolutely. Uh, okay, well, we'll be writing all this up for uh, for Sizzlers as well. Like I said, if uh, if you got the uh, the preview podcast, you'll you'll be receiving that. Uh, just a couple of finish with uh, as far as members' questions here. David said, uh, not sure you've had a group. You're going to talk about the Group 3 Grand Prix at Eagle Farm. We'll be interested in hearing, Vince, and your thoughts on the winner, Encoder. So I've got a small share in it. Vince, have you clocked to Eagle Farm yet? No, but it will be no. today. Yeah. All right. Well, what I'll do, David, as a, as a loyal member, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll um, when the IVR comes through, I'll, uh, I'll write up a little report and just send that back to you. Uh, and also from uh, from Robert, hoping to get a bit of a rundown of performances from the first two in race six in Sydney. Look to both to have done a good job. So what we'll do, we'll include that in our bonus podcast for our Group One members. We are not here without the support of our uh, members. So. All our members get best of the day each week sent to them, including over summer. So we're going to have uh, three weeks off. Our next podcast will be after the Magic Millions. We will be doing a preview podcast on Magic Millions Day, uh, but our next podcast on the Monday will be after the Magic Millions. But all through uh, through the summer, you'll still get, if you remember, best of the day sent to you via email, and you can become a member via my website, racetrackrealfie.com.au, and Rob's question will be answered in the bonus podcast that we often send for our Group 1 members. We are not here without our members. Vince, been a fantastic year, and we can't beat finishing the year with Damien Oliver, can we? So that, that'll do us for 2023 on the Monday. Yeah, well, Ralphie, for all those that participated with Ascot, I mean, we covered 44 races. We had 31 winners. Really, us. It's been a fantastic ride, and and money wise, like to come out of this carnival this season, it's definitely like been a golden uh, period. And I'm not saying we didn't do fantastic in other podcasts, you know, from other jurisdictions, but just Ascot isolation that we only go there what four weeks of the year, Ralphie. Yeah, that's what we really do. Maybe six all up. There might be something else in the middle of the year. I just thought just goes to show the power of the work that we do, Ralphie. That we put the effort in. We, we you know, work with the numbers that we have at play and just goes to show that you can perform anywhere and this was proof to that. Fantastic. Like I said, our next podcast will be on the Monday after the Magic Moons and a preview beforehand. But in the meantime, have a safe Merry Christmas. Make sure you and your family get to enjoy any time you can spend together. And thanks for listening throughout 2023 to Year Round Carnival.